Hello? Hello? So what, no fucking ZD now? <laughs> Don't make me laugh. Hi, welcome to You Know That episode. I'm Victoria. And I'm Trev. We're two friends who watch too much TV. We break down iconic episodes of good shows. And bad. And explain why we feel the way we do. Today we're talking about Season 3, Episode 17 of Sex and the City, titled, titled What Goes Around Comes Around, which aired on October 8th, 2000. Bitch. This episode is so fucking iconic. So this was your pick for number one favorite. I I love this episode. I feel like it has just enough for each character. I feel like it's pretty evenly distributed between them. I agree. Yeah. They each had like really good storylines. Yeah. Well, not really good like what, what happened to them was good, but like, but like they kept us intrigued. They were exactly. like thorough enough that they had like a beginning, middle and end. And even though like obviously Carrie is our main character and we're following her the most, it doesn't feel like, because there are a lot of episodes where it's like, okay, this is a Samantha Carrie episode. Right. And then the other two kind of fall by the wayside. They all get such an even arc in this episode. Agreed. And I, I just, I think they're all so fucking funny in such different ways. I agree. Like masochistically, I, I think Carrie's storyline in this episode is so funny. Carrie not, is... Sadistically uh, is what I mean. I think Carrie is very selfish in this episode. Yes. I think this is this episode is a perfect example, a perfect example of Carrie being the villain and not realizing it. You know what I think? And I go back and forth on this. I think that if you haven't done a good enough job of like reckoning with the ways in which you've fucked up as an individual, yeah. apologies can be inherently very selfish. Yes. Because like, with this apology, Carrie is doing it because she Carrie. wants Yeah, she wants absolution for the ways for the way that she hurt Natasha. She doesn't want Natasha's forgiveness because like she actually feels very bad about it it's more like she can't bear the thought of somebody in new york hating her when she even says that in the very beginning she's talking to them and when they're out to lunch and natasha sees them at lunch and she goes gosh i can't believe there's a person in new york who hates me that much that is your biggest i'm sure there are plenty of people in new york that hate you carrie right and i'm sure that like you don't know about all of them. And this is one instance where she knows about it. And and, she- and the person has a very good reason. I like, look, obviously Carrie's my girl. I love her. I love Sex and City. Natasha has a good reason to hate Carrie until the end of time. Agreed. And Carrie's just so, like, she cannot accept that someone doesn't like her. And she's go. She's searching for absolution just so she can feel better, not because she wants to actually get absolution. I on. I don't even think she like. Just like, from that one right. comment she made, I can just tell that she she doesn't necessarily feel bad about what's happened. She no. mostly just doesn't want people to hate her. Exactly. Like she's so self-centered and at the same time so insecure that the idea of someone hating her completely unravels her right i will say this episode is a really good example of like of miranda and carrie being very insecure 
Miranda is so insecure in this It's, episode. like, hard to watch. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I love Carrie's kind of comeuppance. I think Agreed. it's necessary. She's I like the a... I like the karmic um, situation that happens to her, but she again she doesn't even seem that remorseful after all that shit happens to her. She's no. just like, oh my god, my karma is shot. Now I need to make amends with this person so that things can go back to normal. Again, it's not because she's actually sorry. It's because terrible things are happening to her, yes. and she's like, shit. Like the karma gods have come for me. <laughs> it's she does the whole because ep- the whole episode would be framed so differently if Carrie the whole time was like, I just feel so bad that I did this to her. Like nothing bad is happening to Carrie. She's just remorseful. She's just feels regret. And we could still have that same scene of her, Natasha seeing her and then leaving. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of the episode is just Carrie being like, I feel so bad that I did that to her, that I made her feel that way. And then at the end we get this kind of moment where she's like, I'm so sorry. I feel bad. And then whatever. But no, I think the show is so smart in framing it as Carrie's like is doing this because some kind of some kind of galactic karmic curse she's experiencing. Right. She's not doing it out of the goodness of her heart or actual regret. She's doing this because she has this sort of perceived punishment she's getting cosmically. Right. Uh, do you believe in karma? Um Gosh. I don't think I do. It's like saying, do you believe in ghosts? I think I do believe in like somebody hexing me or somebody jinxing me. And so I guess like, like I would put those two kind of things in the same category because it's kind of like somebody manifested something good or bad for you. Like if you have like the evil eye, for example, I totally believe in evil eye. Like, oh my God, that person like is jealous or hates me or like wishes harm upon me and something bad happens to me or like I get some kind of misfortune after I hang out with somebody and I get like a weird vibe from like I I do believe in that. Yeah. And I kind of would I would kind of classify karma in like a similar category of like okay the energy that swirls around you or like the actions that you take or that somebody takes affects maybe what happens in their life like i don't know if yeah. that counts i don't know I'm, i guess i'm just saying i do think actions have an inherent reaction and some I people choose reasonable. to call that karma because they're okay like put it like this okay carrie did something evil <laughs> and then a bunch of bad stuff happens to her including this person hating her guts even if none of the other bad stuff happened to her and natasha just hated her i would say and didn't want to take her calls and was like avoiding her and her reputation became kind of affected by it. Like other people started to find out about it and people stopped talking to her. Somebody could easily be like, Oh my God, Carrie, you deserve that. And she's like, yep, that's my karma that I got for what, what I did. You know, I do kind of believe in karma. I, I think that there's a reaction for every, like for every action, obviously that's just like nature, but I don't know if it's, as grand or as cosmic as it gets made out to be sometimes. Like, I think Natasha having her appropriate reaction to this experience, I'm like, I wouldn't constitute that karma because I think that's just, like, someone having a natural reaction to something. It's the reaction that she manifested through what she did. Yeah, and it's like, it, it could, all these horrible things happening to her, like, her not getting a cab, her getting robbed... Uh, whatever, whatever. It I it could just be coincidence. 
obviously in a written show like this, it's not. It's there on purpose to, like, kind of drive home the point. Like, in a narrative, it's there to drive home a point that this is happening because she's did something bad. Right. But I think in the real world, in, like, my normal life, I, I, I tend to lean on the other side of things. Of just, like, well, no, if I do something bad to someone and they do... And they have a feeling or whatever about it. Yeah, that's not karma. Or, like, my reputation is bad after that. It's like, no, that's not karma. That's just, like, a consequence. I think a lot of the time consequence gets confused for karma. Right, and that's kind of what I was saying. Like, I think I do believe in that. Like, I, I don't... Like, there are definitely times where people will be like, oh, like... Man, I can't even think of like an example right now. There's some. I'm, what I guess what I'm trying to say is there are certain times where like it could be either or. Yes, you know what totally. I mean. Totally. Like, like you do something bad and then something bad happens to you. Some people could say, "Oh, that's just a consequence," or like, "Oh, that was bound to happen." And then other people look at it as like karma because like maybe it was something avoidable. Yeah, I you think context I mean? and everything also makes sense when you're like with this type yes. of stuff and like cultural context. I think it is interesting, though, the kind of idea of consequence versus karma in this episode, though. Yeah. Because Carrie uses the idea of karma to just kind of shirk off the consequence, the very real consequences she's facing. But like Samantha's karma slash consequence is like a better example of how it could blur the line. Like you could say, okay, Samantha having sex with this really young guy. And the consequences, he fell in love with her because the sex was really good. Like, she wasn't yeah. thinking when she did that. And the con- that's the consequence. He won't leave her alone. Other people may be like, no, that's her karma. Like, she never should have messed around with that guy. He was way younger than her. Yeah, or even karma for past, like, dalliances and things yeah, like that. Yeah, like, okay, karma for whatever else. But, like, I think there's the gray area. I think so, too. Yeah. I, I, I am interested in the in the, in that gray area. Especially in this episode and especially when it comes to Carrie. Because and she also is... with Charlotte. Yeah. Well, think about Charlotte's situation, right? Like, Charlotte, okay. Is the fact that Charlotte kissed the gardener a consequence of Trey, like, not maybe, like, filling that Sexual physical need? need? Yeah. Or is it Charlotte's karma? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it works with Charlotte in this episode. Wait, I don't it has think... to because this whole episode is about people's karma. What did they say about Charlotte's karma in this? I don't remember. I don't know if they really explicitly mentioned it. I think Miranda gets the karma talk and how yes. going out with this sexy detective is like her karmic, like she's earned it. Oh, oh, wait. Charlotte's karma. The sister-in-law being like Charlotte kissed the gardener. Oh, yeah. But again, is that karma or is or that just, just a consequence, consequence of yeah. an action that you commit? Like, uh-huh. you you performed an act. That act was ex- was told to everyone. Mm-hmm. That's a consequence. Now you have to face the actions, the, the, the consequences of your actions. So I would say Charlotte's situation is like the least karmic. Yeah. I would it say it is sh- so interpersonal. I would say Charlotte's is the least karmic. Carrie's is karmic, but I almost feel like they're all just coincidences. Yeah, I think so, <laughs> and too. I feel like everything other than the fact that Natasha hates her guts and won't speak to her is karmic coincidence. And then the last thing is just a consequence of her actions. I think it's so, also like Carrie generally doesn't do things that are good. 
So, like, is this just karma for all the times she's been an asshole? <laughs> right, she's just, like, a generally, like, I mean, I love her to death and Same. I understand her. <laughs> I get it. No, the thing is, is, like, Carrie is, like, the worst version of me. Right. Every time Carrie does something stupid or selfish or anything, I'm like, I understand where she's coming from. I fucking get it. Yeah. I know she's wrong because I'm the viewer and I see what ha- I see her consequence. But, like, I love her still. And I, 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 it's almost like the ego and the id. Right. Like, I understand. We know, we know a little bit intention. better than Carrie. Yeah, because we so, have the luxury of being not her. In my book that I wrote as my senior capstone project, I have an entire chapter about how much I relate to Carrie. And something that I talk a lot about is, like, I've done some of the same stuff as Carrie, yeah. but I, I outgrew it. And the difference with Carrie is that she never really outgrows it. No. She she doesn't really evolve very much. No. Carrie is I, one of those characters. That I don't mind that she hasn't grown. Like, it's just, that's who she is. She's never going to change. it's interesting to watch. It's always fun to watch. Right. I don't want a character who's perfect all the time. No, it's I think that's less so... less entertaining. So uninteresting, which I think is, like, another reason... Another thing that I like about and Just Like That... Is that I like that Carrie's still kind of... She's fucking old as dirt now. And she's still doing silly shit. Yeah. And I think that's relatable. I think people don't change that much. Right. But yeah, I, I just love the idea of the karma versus consequence in this episode. And I think Carrie's... I think Carrie gets what she deserves. Whether that be consequences or... Okay, so you do believe con- in... No, I think... Whether it be karma or consequence, I think that the things Carrie experiences, either it's Natasha dragging her or kind of just feeling like uncomfortable in her body because of the things she's going through, I think she deserves it. Okay. Because I think like, no, you reap what you sow. That's a very karmic comment and i I, and i i know so it's like it's contradictory but again it's like it's consequence at the same breath it's like yeah of course you're gonna have to face certain i think the two things overlap let's i think so too i think there's a the venn diagram is very large karma versus consequence consequences are not in a sin system because in the sense they are not a law they are always the same or consistent while karma is absolute what that doesn't make any sense is karma well, the same as consequence? I feel like I, that made no sense. Okay, wait. Hinduism identifies karma as the relationship between a person's mental or physical action and the consequences following that action. So karma is consequences. So it's like... It's just within the context one, of Hinduism? Yeah. It's like one feeding into the... You can't have one without the other almost. It also signifies the consequences of all the actions of a person in their current and previous lives and the chain of cause and effect in morality. That brings up another question. Do you believe in reincarnation? No. Okay. I also think that the idea, I think karma is a lot more, like in this, what what you just read, I think karma is a lot more tied to the idea of morals. Where consequence is more, it feels less so. Consequence just feels like a fact. Consequence feels more interpersonal and more fact-based. Like, I hit you, now I'm in trouble. Right. That's kind of just like black and white. Or like, I punched a hole in the window and now my hand's bleeding. Exactly. That's a consequence. It doesn't have anything to do whether it was a good idea or a bad idea or it was hurtful or it was nice. There's a lack of... Okay, for example, like, you give someone a hug and they smile. 
That's not karma. That's a consequence. Like, and there's no moral uh, quandary with that. Right. There's no, it's just kind of like, oh, this is a very Right. Black I left and my white. shoe untied and I tripped down exactly. the stairs. There's it's not no, good or bad. I think karma but, is a lot more steeped in the idea of good and good and bad, right and wrong. This says, why do people believe in karma? And the answer somebody gave is, one possible explanation is that karma is seen as a source of supernatural justice and that individuals who believe in karma are expected to behave in a more trustworthy manner in order to avoid karmic punishment and or to reap karmic rewards. Which I think is also interesting, too, because that makes sense with someone like someone like Carrie who exists it's- in the world not to do good or wrong. Like, she's not doing good for the sake of doing good. She's doing good for the sake of, I don't want to be punished. I don't want bad, bad karma for this. Exactly. So it's, I think the intentions are interesting there of like, like her intentions in, in this episode are like, I need to make amends so that I will stop being punished. I don't, I'm not making amends to do the right thing. So it's like your intentions are misplaced in the first place, which yeah. is why I'm also less interested in, I like, I'm interested in karma, but I'm less interested in it as a concept. You don't know if that makes sense because I'm like, well, she's not. Your intentions are wrong from the base, from the jump. You're just right. doing this thing to for to make yourself feel better. Right. Karma feels, a, the idea of karma feels a lot more selfish. Right. You're thinking about your own what experience what, in your what own justification ha- yeah and what kind of shit is gonna happen to you as a result of something you did or didn't yeah. do versus actually thinking about like okay the consequences of my action in the context of another person's experience. i said Karma this thing is very and personal. now that person is upset yeah that's very black and white a and b equals c Mm-hmm. Where if I say this thing... Karma is selfish. Karma feels selfish to me. And I feel like it's a lot of the time. Like my mom is someone who's like very much believes in that. Which I think is why I also have kind of an aversion to it. Because I feel like it... Yeah, it's a it's like a fear-based experience, which I don't like. Where um, I'll say something and my mom will like, no, that brings it... That invites bad karma. And, and I'm also, like, I, I don't mean, agree. I- it, it feels kind of very similar to, like, the conversation around superstitions. Yeah. Like, it's a very, like, inherently negative thing where people who are superstitious will be like, oh, my God, you can't do this random thing because blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Sometimes I can be superstitious. We've yeah, I can, about it I can about specific things, too. But, like, not everything. But there are some people who are. But I feel like let's let's look at Taylor Swift's karma lyrics because i want to know what she thinks about karma karma is a cat she says okay wait see she says if you dare you'll see the glare of everyone you burn just to get there it's coming back around i think she she i think her idea of karma like in this song specifically. You're getting what you deserve. Yes. The her, the person going against her is getting what they deserve. Where for her being... For anyone who is, doesn't know, this song is about Scooter Braun. Yes. And I think the I, I think it's interesting coming from a person like Taylor Swift who sees herself kind of as the good guy. Right. She's always the good guy. Even during like reputation and like all this shit. She never really paints herself as the victim, as the, the villain. Mm-hmm. Because even when she's the villain, she's reacting to someone who's worse. Right. Like, so I did something her, bad, but you're the one that made me act this way. Like, exactly. bad blood. Exactly. She's she's never the true villain. She's always, like, uh, 
Look what you made me do. Well, exactly, exactly, exactly. So I think the idea of the song Karma, it's literally like, well, I, I have no fear of karma because I don't do anything wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Where obviously the person she's singing about, who is Scooter Braun, he's a bad guy. He's the bad guy here. So he's all, all of this thing is going to boomerang back onto him. And he's scared of that because he does bad things. Where for me, karma is the breeze. Karma is something, it's, it's ephemeral that I'm not, I have no fear of because I don't do, I don't do morally. Right. She uh, says, I keep my side of the street clean. You wouldn't know what I mean. I'm good. You're bad. I'm clean. You're dirty. Exactly. You're going to get your karmic return and you're going to be miserable, but I'm not going to be miserable about karma because my karma is always good because I'm the good guy. And I do, I just think it's interesting. Like the people that really hardcore believe in this stuff always kind of see themselves as a victim, like Carrie. Carrie and Taylor Swift really fit that that mold of well, I didn't do anything bad. I th- actually, I do think Carrie feels like she did something bad because she recognizes that she did something bad. She but I don't it, think she, she has knows regret it was bad because. Yeah. I think regret is. Regret is the key. Is important to. She can be like, I did something bad, but at the same time, like. I wouldn't change it. Right. And, and but she does she say would. to Natasha that she says she she wish she hadn't done it. I don't believe that first. I don't either because she gets with Big again. She goes back together with him. If she did regret it and didn't and wish she never. And I wrote about this in my book too. Carrie gets back together with her exes. It's a known fact. I've done the same thing. Yeah. The only way you can truly say I regret it is if you just don't do it again. Exactly. Clearly she has no remorse. She does it again and again. She doesn't you, just get back together with Big once. She doesn't just do it twice. She doesn't. No, it's three the whole fucking, fucking show. Yeah. So I, I think it's, I think regret is if you are going to face the consequences, I think you have to have regret for your actions. And I don't see, see that for Carrie. Me either. She says she regrets it, but then she goes and does it again. How much regret can she really have? But let's jump, let's go beyond karma now because we could talk, we could do this all day. We could talk about it all day. So the episode title is what goes around comes around. Great episode title. For so one. good. Iconic yeah, title. Perfect. Um, so we open on Charlotte and she's hanging out with the McDougal family and they're playing tent. All the guys are playing tennis and um, Trey's mom is like, ladies, ladies, when you marry a McDougal, you're marrying history because they're like talking about like all the different kinds of um, traditions that they have in the McDougal family. Yeah, including, like, the girls like no ladies on the tennis court. If they're unless they're wearing all white. Yeah, and then I'm like, tell me you own slaves without telling me. Like, this family <laughs> is definitely own slaves. This is old money. This is old money. We know who you are. And when she talks about the history of it all and, like, the tradition of it all, like, you just know. And there's a joke about the McDougal family handbook or something like that. It's right next to the Bible in your bedside drawer. Oh, God. It's so funny. And then I, I do kind of like the snark of the sister-in-law here. The gardener is much hotter than Trey. Oh my god. It's like it is he's, like they hired a porn star. He's really attractive. He's so sexy. Gardeners are so there could be something so personal about wanting to fuck a gardener. Um one of the sexiest professions, I'll say. I agree. I think but not to be confused with farmers, although No, very different. Very different. Although there is something kind of um yeah. rough around the edges about a farmer yeah like, we're a, a, a gardener 
especially in this in this situation or like, like in desperate housewives when gabby oh you haven't seen it but i'm speaking to the it, listeners though. yeah gabby has sex with and has a very long affair with who um, uh, her gardener his, and he's so hot john yeah he's obsessed with her there's even one season How where he comes he back be? even there's one season where he where she sees him again and he's like kind of grown up because when she does it, he's like kind of a teenager <laughs> and it's really inappropriate. But um, he comes back as an adult in one episode and he has like a daughter and like a business. He's like a business owner. And she's like, holy shit, this is how my life could have ended up if I would have just. Done um, it. Yeah. It's um, like Gardner. I, I also just love the idea. Like it's kind of like a rite of passage for like an insanely rich woman to like have a crush on the gardener. I think it is like, but I I will say this gardener is much more attractive than the kid from Desperate Housewives. Yeah, what is he? He was literally like night. It was Jesse Metcalf. Oh my god, he's so hot. Yeah. God, Jesse Metcalf is so fucking hot. What does he do now? Nothing. I don't know. But yeah, the gardener, Charlotte is correct. Yeah. For I wanting think, to fuck him. Yeah, I think so. Definitely. I think she was right for her crush. I just think she has held on to the marriage for too long. She should have gotten out long ago. I agree. I think she should have been gone by She's now. She's been in denial, hopeless romantic, way too obsessed with marriage, and was unable to... And look where it got her. Yeah. It's just a... and it, You marrying into this waspy, evil family. Yeah. I, but... Yeah, I don't know. I do. I love the Gardner storyline, and then I love when it cuts to um, their lunch the next the day. Lu- yeah, the lunch. And Charlotte, Charlotte looks, looks sexy. So hot. She looks like sexed up. And so does Samantha. And so does Carrie. They I all. Ex- Mar- Miranda. Mar- <laughs> Miranda, like. Oh my god. She does not look sexy in this episode at one at all. Okay. They I would say the like- only time she looks sexy. Is at the very end when she's hungover. They should have literally just let Miranda be a lesbian because it doesn't make any sense why she would hang out with these like gorgeous straight women and look like that. It's but just she could... like, <laughs> and that that does not to say that there aren't hot lesbians out there. I just Miranda is you're a hot so... lesbian. Miranda is a is a very lesbianic woman. As a lesbian, I'm saying that she's. She just... I just like don't understand the styling. I don't either. I, it's, and it's so confusing to me why they make her look like this. Cynthia Nixon <laughs> is such a beautiful woman. Cynthia's gorgeous. This is not a Cynthia hate moment, no, by Cynthia the way. No, Cynthia Nixon is I, so hot. We're not saying that Cynthia Nixon is ugly, people. What we're saying is her styling and just her overall vibe that she it's gives. rancid. It does not align with the other three at no. all. They, they always make her out to be the ugly one. Yes, she's not. She's gorgeous. And that's like a cornerstone of this episode is her being like, I'm the ugly one. Right. How could this hot guy be interested in me? And that makes her more insecure. Dating a hot guy somehow makes Miranda more insecure than it makes her feel I have a note about this later on. I can't imagine that. I have a a note about this later on when they're in the restaurant. And she's, it's talking about, uh, Carrie's voiceover is talking about how Miranda realizes everybody in the bar is staring at this guy and wants to fuck him. And I'm like, look. Sometimes you're the uglier one in the relationship. That's the nature of the beast. There's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes you just have an off day, whatever. Sometimes the person you're with is just so hot. 
being with someone who you know is like the like the sexiest person in the room is such an ego boost I personally agree. Like, how could that make you feel more insecure? Where it's like, oh, everyone in this room wants to fuck my boyfriend? That's awesome. Because guess who gets to fuck my boyfriend? Right. Right. I won. That's It's crazy. It just, like, blows my mind that she's so insecure. She would let it, like, fuck this up. She ruined her own relationship by getting too drunk. She made yeah. the guy think that she was just like... An alcoholic. An alcoholic. Which, okay, that was a little excessive. That I mean, was crazy. Had, that was, they've had like one date and she had... Although I will say six margaritas... I mean, six um, martinis is a lot. Yeah, that is that is a lot. The but most also martinis like... I've ever had was four and I blacked out. <laughs> I four. also am like... I think that's a pretty easy thing to explain away... If she called him and was like, hey, I'm not an alcoholic. I was just like really, really nervous. But and I think I overcompensated. she's probably so humiliated that well, yeah, she's she should not be. She to. should be fucking embarrassed. It's embarrassing. She's dumb in this episode. She's so dumb in this episode. And he's so sexy. He is. Like, why he's isn't she so weak? Like, why sexy. isn't she just like, oh my God. It's also crazy that she feels this way in this episode because it's like, Steve is no slouch. Right, Steve. Like, I mean, Steve is like rugged, sexy. He has a charm to him. But it's like I don't like like Miranda has sex with hot guys all the time. Right, she's acting like this is the first guy that it's she's so ever had sex with weird. who like wasn't like ugly or something. Like I that. think this this storyline would have made more sense if it was her dating a hot woman oh for the God. first time. Yes, I agree. Like her, for like her, she comes out as Although bisexual. I will say she, she, well, wait. It is kind talk? of the Che storyline. It is literally the Che storyline because when when Miranda starts dating Che, it's like she's super like needy and like possessive and like freaks out when she doesn't hear back from them for like it's a day. It's very first gay relationship. It's very first gay relationship. But anyway, <laughs> okay. Um, the car, the gardener's way hotter. They're out to lunch. Um, Who shows up? Which obviously Natasha shows up. She, and bound Natasha, to happen. Natasha looks hot. Natasha looks very good here. Um But wait. This was so this moment was so like they they were all in the wrong. This is a perfect example of girlfriends taking your side even when you're wrong. Yeah. They were like they're like, who does she think she is? And it's Carrie's like, like, Big's wife. Yeah, like Carrie. <laughs> I think Carrie is fully aware that like, oh no, guys, she's kind of right. But also then she literally in the same breath is like, I can't believe there's a person in New York who hates me that much. Girl, that, how can that literally be all you care about? Like you One did something step forward, so two shitty. Steps that. Right. Like all she cares about is whether people are mad at you or whether they, they like you. They She doesn't care about whether... You know, did you hurt them or like how did yeah. you hurt? Like, she doesn't care about that. So anyway, the next like scene, if she had said in that situation instead of saying I can't believe someone hates me that much, she should if she had said something like I can't believe I made her hate me that much. I can't like, believe I did something that hurt her to the point she hates. Take me, ownership of your actions that caused her to hate you. Right, and she doesn't want to even admit that that is the case. She no. just wants to pretend, play pretend and be like, oh, that person just hates me for no good reason. And that's it's not kooky. true. It's kooky. 
It is very... It's just... She has no accountability. Main character syndrome. Yeah. She has it bad. And she's right, but like, damn, bitch. I mean, she's right, because the end of the episode, I go from, oh my god, I hate her so much for showing up at that restaurant. Literally to the note, this slow motion walk, my god, she is chic. Her boobs. I I literally forgive her. I forgive her. A minute later, because I'm like, she's so hot that she deserves... That's the magic of Sex in the City. Yeah. Carrie can do the worst thing imaginable, and I'm like, damn. I take her side every That's time. That's my girl at the end I of the day. I get her. Yeah, I get her at the end She's of the day. She's so real for that. Yep. Like, I, it just, I can't be mad at her. Me either. But, um, so I Carrie's... Can, but Carrie, she is pathetic at times. She's pathetic. She's yeah. pathetic in this, in this next scene. Yeah. <laughs> Where she's walking around. She's taking a walk to, like, clear her mind. And she gets robbed. She gets mugged in broad daylight in New York fucking city. He's like, give me your fucking bag. And she's it's, like, it's a baguette. <laughs> he says, give me your fucking Blonix. Oh. Bitch. The funniest fucking thing I've ever heard uttered in a TV show. Carrie getting robbed is so fucking funny. She's like, is this for real? Wait, because <laughs> the way so, I literally, I would ask the same thing. No, honestly. I would have asked. so fucking real for that. She's like, is this for real? I someone literally, would, literally, someone would rob me and I'd be like, no, you're lying. I would be like, John Quinones, come out from around that corner Where's right now. Where is literally? <laughs> it's so crazy. She's getting, and her line about like, uh, <laughs> what is it when she says she's like, I get Please, mugged. sir, these are strappy sandals. I bought them half off at a, at <laughs> at a, a sample, sample sale. sale. Oh. Give me your fucking blotics. And she's like, I get robbed oh, as, no, soon, as New no, York gets somebody, safer. Somebody stop him. Somebody. <laughs> he took my strappy sandals. I literally would have been like... so funny. Wait, the way I literally would have probably needed to be put on suicide watch after this, not even exaggerating, I had to take off my favorite pair of shoes and give them to a stranger who was robbing me at gunpoint and never saw him again, never got the shoes back. Yeah, she never gets the shoes back. They're super rare. Like, I, I would literally be suicidal. And not only that, imagine having to literally take your shoes off and give them away and then run barefoot to go get help on the streets of New York City. I'd rather die. I, I literally would have been like, no, just shoot me. How much were Blonix? Probably in the not 90s? that. I mean, obviously with inflation, they probably end up being the same price as they are now somehow. Like, the, they're expensive for the 90s. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm looking. Well, currently I'm seeing some go for like $1,000. So in 1999, they were probably like 400, 500. And she got them half off, but. That's probably why That's she treasures them so much more. Yeah, I. She it's runs so into crazy. the fucking nail salon. She's like, "I've been robbed." And nobody even they cares. Like they fuck. look up at her, but they don't care. They're like, "Okay, bitch, what about it?" And she's like, "I've been robbed. I've been robbed. Hello, hello. I've been it's robbed." It's so funny how no one cares. It really is very. I love funny. New York. That that was a very real moment that they depicted. So real. I just like. I can't then, believe she wasn't smoking a cigarette when the cop showed up. Like walking around holding a cigarette yeah, and smoking it would have been. She's probably allowed to smoke inside. She should have smoked a cigarette in that moment. Well, actually, it's a nail salon. Okay. There's a lot of fumes and shit. I guess so. Maybe they. <laughs> maybe she tried to light one up and they were like, "Bitch, are you?" Stupid? That would that would be funny to see. Yeah. But no, yeah, she's like she's pacing around. She's telling the cop what's going on. Miranda being flirted with what by the cop is so George Costanza of her. Yeah, she is the George Costanza. She literally is. 
like what huh how is this guy not seeing carrie and flirting oh with her God. like she carrie's standing right next to miranda Karma. And this, this guy is obsessed with miranda yeah and carrie looks really good here like carrie carrie looks so hot in this whole episode she does it well it's so funny when she takes miranda's shoes out of the back she calls miranda miranda brings her back a pair of shoes <laughs> she takes one look at they're the like shoes and pumps. is like they're ugly she's white like, pumps are you fucking nuts? I can't wear these. <laughs> She's like, oh no, I can't wear these. And when she walks out of the freaking nail salon with Miranda, like she can't even barely lift her feet because Miranda must be like a size 10 or some shit. Yeah, Miranda's got some big ass fucking feet. No kidding. Um, Or she has normal size feet and Carrie's like, of course, a size six or whatever. Yeah, Carrie has tiny feet. I believe you, that. You know those like amazingly lucky people who are literally like a size six? And, like, they, they managed to find the cutest pairs of shoes, like, at Nordstrom Rack and shit, because nobody really is a size six. Everyone's, like, a size seven and a half or eight. Allegedly, her shoe size is seven. I believe that. My mom is a size seven. I believe that. My mom that. is a I 100%. Six. I 100% believe that she's a seven. My mom is a size six. Wait, what does it mean? I, I believe that shoe sizes mean something. Let's take, okay, we're, we're having a little moment. Okay. Okay, size seven girlies. We're going to start at seven, but okay. we'll talk about sixes. Seven girlies, because I know a seven. I know a seven, like the back of my hand. My mom is a seven. My aunt is a seven. They're both Leo. What are you? I'm an eight and a half. Okay. Okay. So a seven girly is very like, they're the type to have a capsule wardrobe, but they're the type, <laughs> they're the type to also be like, you know what? My shoes need to be the fun part of my outfit. Like, okay. I, I have a capsule. Because they have the leeway. Right. They're like, you know what? I have a capsule wardrobe. Like, everything goes with everything. They're super chic. They're super, yeah. they're always well-dressed. But then the you pop look of down, color is the shoe. You look down at their shoe and you're like, what do they have going on down there? It, wow. I was not expecting that. Like, the outfit makes sense. Boom. They have a crazy shoe. And you're just like, wow. That came out of left field, but it looks cute. You're put together. Blah, blah, blah. Like, just point blank. They have a good collection. Then we get into eights. Okay. An eight? First of all, an eight is known to dabble in athleisure. They'll have a sneaker or two going on, but typically it's like a good mixture of like utility, athleisure, and then like going out shoes. And yes. eight has like a very sectioned off type shoe Remember collection. when you texted me about those pink sandals, I think they were? No, the pink Gucci slides, the furry yes, ones. Yes, the furry yes. slides. And you yeah. were like, did you buy them? I did buy them. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Fur, hot pink fur line. They were, they're hot. <laughs> I love them. Yeah. I, I love them so much. Uh, I'm a size eight and a half in men's. Okay, I feel which like. Which is small. A small for men? Yeah, because I'm a size 10 in women's. Okay. I feel like eight and a half to nine, which is what we are. Normi eight, normal girlies? I think, yeah, we're, we're like normal. Like I have like. Some boots. I'm on trend. I feel like you're on trend. Like yeah, even if I'm not wearing know, what's on, what's trendy, I know what's trendy. You know what's you know what's trendy. We're on trend. We're aware of like the different shifts and changes. Like we're aware of like dad sneakers, and we know yeah. about like you know Afila. the Balenciaga sneaker. Yeah, like we know we know all that kind of crap, right? The fucking we know, um the tabby the boots, the dirty gray goose sneakers. Oh my god! Um, Doc Martens coming back around for like. Gen Zers who want to pretend they're from the millennials. <laughs> like we know about all that stuff, but a that doesn't mean we're gonna. Bloodstone. 
yes, but that doesn't mean we're automatically going to do that stuff. We just no. know we're aware of it and we want you to know we're aware of it. And we so, are in that bracket where like we could get away with the trendy stuff it. still. We could do it. We could do it if we wanted to. We could definitely do it like, you know, Ugg minis. I have a pair of Ugg minis. There are certain. There are I have certain a pair trends. of Ugg ankle boots. Right. There are certain trends where you're like, you know what? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Obviously, there's a reason they're a trend. Yes, you're right. Sometimes but, things that are popular are good. And sometimes they're bad. And we, yes. we, we eight and a half to nines, we know that. We know. Okay. We're willing to take that risk. Sixes are... Monsters. I feel like a, a size six girly is like... She's that girl who like always is like worried about her lip gloss. Always wearing <laughs> like a... Is my hair frizzy? Like, I think they're very much an appearance type. And they yeah. do have, they have some, like, crazy shoes. Like, coveted shoes. Like, shoes where you're like, how the hell did you find that pair of shoes? Like, where did you find it? Yeah. How did you find it? Because they're the type to know, like, my shoe size isn't popular. So they can go to a random store and find the most amazing pair of shoes because, of course, it's still on the shelves. Or, like, they have small It's never out privilege. of stock. Right. They have small foot privilege. Like... Uh, coming back to the Ugg Minis, if you were trying to get a pair of Ugg Minis from late 2021 to early to mid, no, early, wait, late 2021 to late 2022, if you were anything over like a six and anything under like a 10, they were sold out for like those entire two years. <laughs> Literally. I I'm not you. even kidding you. But people who have small size six feet are privileged. I agree. Uh, I will say I have wide feet. Ooh, that's tough. It's so annoying. That's really tough. Like I want to buy Converse, but I can only buy the Converse wide. So, But they only sell that in like three colors. Ugh. And I'm like, I want the platform con Converse, but they're fucking so skinny. Yikes. And don't got, don't get shoes that don't fit you correctly because you'll regret it. It'll literally ruin your whole life. It really will like, fuck no, your feet. Like it's it's not, not even a joke. That's not a joke. They will fuck your feet up. Yep. But, okay. That's enough talking about shoe sizes. Let's move on. What a weird tangent. I just needed to talk no, about you're right, it a little though. bit. Because I love talking about shoes. I love shoes. Uh, people who know me in real life know I'm a bit of a sneakerhead. I, don't, I might not yeah. buy too many sneak like i have honestly my collection's been pared down but, but you have good stuff i'm obsessed with shoes my dad always used to say shoes make the outfit and shoes carry your entire body so if you're gonna have an ugly outfit you better have a nice ass pair of shoes on see i'm very basic when it comes to my sneakers and my sh like i'm a sneaker person 90 percent of the time during the winter i wear my work like work boots mm -hmm. i also live in new england right so like I have to, but like I have my nine times out of 10, I'm wearing a black high top sneaker. And I love that. That's classic. very, very classic, very basic. And then if I'm home or just like running to the store, bitch, I have my fucking camo Crocs in sport mode. And I'm not again, fucking around. Again, you know, what's, what's trendy, you know, what's yeah. beautiful, you know, like an eight and a half is not going to fuck around. Like eight and no, a half. No, I'm just like, I'm here to do a job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes complete sense to me. I'm the same way. Yeah. If I'm going, if I'm going to Home Depot, 
like I'm not going to be wearing my Gucci slides. If I'm going to no. a really nice restaurant, I am. Yes, absolutely. Or, like if I'm going to work, I'm not wearing my Gucci slides. I'm wearing my Gucci loafers. I need to. I don't own a pair of loafers. No, I do actually. Loafer is a classic. If you're not going to do loafer, you should do. Well, they always say ballet slipper and loafer are like interchangeable. It depends on your personal taste, which one you want to yeah. have. I, I have a I, nice. I would go with a loafer. I have a pair of Doc Martin dress shoes I thrifted years ago. Love that. And they're like this nice worn in brown. Ugh. Brown is an underrated shoe color. I agree. Most people tend to veer towards black. I've recently been getting into brown. I also like most of my dress clothes are like greens. Ooh. Like I like a nut. Like I don't like like my nice pants that I have are like a nice pair of like dark green pants. Like emerald. No, or like more olive. like more like an olive. Okay. So then with that with the brown shoe, I like it. Yeah, it does. Look like good all my nice clothes are more earth tones. Like, like, uh, in that family. I have such an assortment of clothes. Yeah. We're, we're drastically off, to, off topic right now. Yeah, but, but it's Sex in the City. Clothes are huge. Yeah, true. We can talk about it. <laughs> I recently got three pieces from Todd Oldham's re-release. So oh, how was that? I'm, obs- you know, okay. Todd Oldham is my favorite designer of all time. Yes. That point, I do know. Blank. I know some of his stuff, but I don't know a lot of it. So my favorite um, pattern of his from the 90s. when Is it the one ha- that fucking Fran Drescher wore? She has worn it for sure on the nanny. She yeah. There has literally been an episode of her wearing it on the nanny. But um, my one of my favorite patterns of his, I have a few. He has this one pattern that he designed using Panatone, a, pa- a Panatone book that he thrifted. Oh, cool. Like an old one. So he cut out like thousands or some crazy number of tiles out of that book and kind of created a like a pattern of those tiles that never repeated. Oh, that's cool. And then Ooh, I'm he looking de- at it right now. He designed a bunch of pieces. So, that was in the 90s. It's like impossible to find the original pieces, but he recently came out with a, a line where he remakes clothes out of his old patterns. Oh, so I bought sick. three pieces from that, including a dress, which I think I'm going to wear it to the Eras tour. Um, That's going to be so fun. Because it's like perfect. It's super colorful. And it's just, it looks amazing on me if I do say so myself. Hell yeah. And I also bought a pair of leggings and a shirt. That's so fun. I'm obsessed. But I also have a couple of pieces from the 90s. I have a vest of his. And with hand designed but uh, buttons, Damn. he hand designed every button. Jesus. And I also have a pair of sheer black trousers. Ooh, that sounds really cute. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Anyway, Samantha's getting a lot of voicemails. So Samantha <sighs> listening to these messages made me crack up. Kim Cattrall is the perfect person for this role. She I would has not change a thing. The perfect face for shit like this. She really does. No notes. It was the best possible casting they could have come up with. It really like she's she, the best. She's the best actress on this show. She knocked it out of the park. Every performance was perfect. There was not a single episode where I didn't think she where I didn't believe her as Samantha. and I just like I love how she is immediately like what is happening here and she's like 
Um, who is this Sam Jones and where is this party? <laughs> she doesn't really care about all the messages. She just wants to be in the limelight. She wants to have fun. Yeah, she just wants to have a good time and like be in. Right. So, she's and she tells she, <laughs> She's just so silly with this. It's such a weird storyline. It's very weird. Um, so she and Carrie decide to go to the party. Carrie looks ugly at first, but then when she's walking like down the hall with <laughs> she's yeah. walking, she then she looks good when she's with Samantha. So I agree. Like, I was like, what the fuck is she wearing? No, literally. My note is, Carrie, what the hell are you wearing? Um, so they go to the party, and when they show up, it's a dorm. And the fact that they still went in. Yeah, girl. Like, what's that about? She's like, it's a dorm? Anyway. <laughs> let me let me fucking get <laughs> what's my... What's the code? Let me get my card. Like, literally. Like, it's so... It is so odd. The conversation that they have right before they walk in, though, we need to talk about it. Yes. So Samantha's like, okay, what would you do if I told you that a little birdie told me that uh, there's an update about Natasha and Big? And and Carrie's like, what? And she's like, they got a divorce, and she's back working at Ralph Lauren. And Carrie's like, I can't believe I'm responsible for breaking up their marriage. Um... Girl, how can you not believe that? What the fuck did you expect, you dumb whore? What about it is unbelievable? Right. Like, what did you think was going to happen? They were going to celebrate and get married a second time? Can you point to me on the sheet of paper what about this is unbelievable? Right. Like, she caught you in her house after fucking her husband. What exactly did you expect? And she's like, I can't believe that happened. Wow, I just can't believe it. Um... She's so stupid. Get a brain, honey. Yeah, just any common sense. Anywho, so the guy that Miranda is on this date with, the cop. Puts up with a lot. Not only that, but he kind of looks like George Clooney. He does give Clooney. Do you see it? I think it's the nose. Yeah, and like the 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 slightly like, I think a, it's his haircut. His jaw's a little askew. Mm-hmm. There's like, he's some... not, like, perfectly symmetrical. It's very masculine. He is yeah. an extremely masculine man. Yeah. He's very sexy. Mm-hmm. I don't understand Miranda's problem. Well, you, can I be honest about something? Absolutely. Miranda being insecure about why a guy who is this attractive is interested in her. While very realistic, I would imagine... For many women watching the show being like, yeah, sometimes a guy's interested in you and you're like, he's totally out of my league. But for all the complaining that Miranda does in the early seasons, like season one and season two, we even talked about it in the pilot episode. Yeah. A hot guy is never interested in a businesswoman. You either have to be a hot blonde bimbo with big boobs, skinny size zero for a guy to even look your way here in New York City. And then the guy actually is interested in her. And it makes her feel bad about herself. What happened to confident Miranda? Like, this I makes don't no know. sense for her character. This makes it's such no a shift. Do you agree? It's, yeah, I 100% agree. It's so jarring. And like, yeah, it just is confusing. This guy, she, she just has, she kind of loses... 
a bit of the like swagger she had early on. Yeah, like she was confident. She, She's Miranda so sure was confident. Of and, yeah, I, I, but I guess deeply insecure also because, I mean. Yeah, like the insecurity was always there, but she was better at hiding it. Or like not, she was never insecure with men. Like for example, yeah. how she used to push around Skipper. Yes, remember she was more insecure in like her relation, like how the like how she viewed herself compared to other women. Right, she was never insecure in like her interpersonal relationships with men. And she would talk about those insecurities with like Carrie. Yeah. But when it came to like a date with a man, she was like, you're worth us. You are trash. You are dirt yeah. on the bottom of my shoe. I'm better than you. I can do much better than you any day. I, you don't have any impact or sort of effect on me. And even in the, ep- like thinking of the episode with like the threesome that Charlotte's boyfriend wants her to do, Samantha, like are they all want to have, like they would all do threesomes with each other except for Miranda and she's insecure about that. Miranda. <laughs> it's so weird. And it's like she has sexual confidence so much throughout the series. Like when she fucks the guy in the alleyway. When she has phone sex. Yes, when she's flash like flashing with that one guy. Like she's it's so it's such a weird take for her to be so insecure sexually and like in a relationship. Cuz uh, even yeah. Steve, she's not like she's never insecure with him. No, I think Steve is one of the examples of the relationship of of relationship with Miranda where she again pushes the guy around and is just like yeah. you're like if anything she's insecure me. because of their their finances. And then she even says she's like I shouldn't be in, I shouldn't have to feel insecure because I did I do well for myself. Man. And she's like aware of it enough. You know what I mean? Like she's I yeah. think she's not aware in this uh, arc for her that she's like causing the problem for herself because mm-hmm. if she was just normal miranda he would be into her i agree there'd be no problem right and he's I mean, still he was into inter- her even he was into her when they first met at the hair salon it's when she started acting goofy and weird that he was like um... but even in goofy and weird when she says goodbye after the first date and, he yeah, and she walks her, into the door he's like into her still yeah. it's until she becomes a drunk yeah. <laughs> so it's like, what happened? The first, like, I can understand the goofiness and, like, the drama and the insecurity up until the first date. After the first date goes so well, why is she still so insecure after that? He already yeah. kissed you. He's already made a, more than, a, like, one or two attempts to go it out with you. It has to do with the other woman. It's exactly what we just talked about. Yeah. She knows she's not insecure about the guy. It's the other woman that she knows she has to compete with that make her act insecure. So fucking weird. That's what it is. I just can't relate. I can't either. I mean, and like I get, I'm insecure at times, but it's so different. It's different. It's just, just like. I mean, we'll talk about it more in the second date because I have a lot of notes yeah. for the second date. Yeah. But moving on, so Charlotte needs to get fucked bad. The sex dream is sexy. <laughs> yeah, she has a sex dream about the gardener, and Trey wakes her up and is like, "Baby, you were having a nightmare," and she was like, "No, that's I was in." He literally heaven. is like, "You're so wet." <laughs> Right, like that was, I think he, I mean, I'm sure. I don't think he meant it as a good thing. No, yeah, he meant sweaty. Yeah. (laughs) But like. like, you have no idea. (laughs) How intense of a sex dream do you have to have where you're slamming your head against your headboard? For a second, I thought she was masturbating. I I thought so too. And then I was like, oh my God, no, she's just literally like. Going to fucking town in her dream. I've never had a sex dream. Really? Yeah. That shocks me. That you remember is what you mean, because you probably have. You yeah, I mean, I'm sure there. I'm I'm sure I've had one that I don't remember, but I've never had one that I have that I can that I know of. 
I absolutely have. Yeah, I don't know why. I just, it's just like, I just never have. That and for someone who like me, who's like, I'm a very sexual person. Like, I have a feeling you have, you just don't remember it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. But yeah, I don't know. I've definitely never had one like this. No, I, I, mine have never been like this, but <laughs> I have had them before. I write, the, I write, if I remember my dreams, I write them down. That's good. I don't, I rarely remember my dreams. That's good. That means you're having deep sleep. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah, that's true. You're not supposed oh, to remember great. your dreams. So oh, I'm, I'm crushing it then. It's actually really good that you are not remembering your dreams. Okay, good. Because if you wake up and listen, the reason people remembered their dreams is because they wake up during a REM cycle. It's oh. actually bad to remember your dreams. Because you only dream when you're having REM sleep. Oh. Mm-hmm. Little known fact, you guys. If you remember every day, guys. Guys, if you're remembering your dreams, see a sleep doctor. <laughs> All right. Um, anyways, so Carrie calls, decides that she wants to call Natasha. She's, She's like, I so, just can't take it anymore. Like, it's so ghoulish. It's very bad. She's like, so she calls and she's like, could I please speak to Natasha? This is Carrie Bradshaw. And Insane. The, the secretary's like, what is this regarding? And she's like, it's personal. <laughs> oh, good secretary. Why would she say it was her calling? I would have made up Lie. a fakey name. I would have been like, it's Betsy you, Jones. Like, bitch, you lied about, you lied to get to Big's ex-wife. Right. Why wouldn't you lie about this? I would literally be like, this is Betsy Jones. I'm calling about a purchase order. That I, I would say, oh, my name is Miranda Hobbs. <laughs> oh, my God. Imagine. My name is Samantha Hobbs York. Um, like, lie, dumb yeah, bitch. Yeah, literally lie. She's dumb. Okay, so the lady's like, um, sorry, she's in a meeting. And Carrie's like, oh, I'll hold. And she's like, I don't mean to be rude, but you'll be holding forever. And she's like, okay, I'll hold So forever. iconic. She's so stupid. I just like, what is her fucking deal? No, no, she's literally the dumbest person I've ever met. I'm obsessed. It's so fucking stupid. It is. I love her so much, though. <laughs> I really do. I'm just like, I just... <laughs> I'm so oh. confused about her intentions and her lack of self-awareness. If I was friends with her, let's talk about if we were friends with her. Yeah. Like, let's just pretend for a second. I love that. I'm going to pretend that I'm friends with her and that she told me that she slept with her ex while he was married to his, while he was married to somebody else. And I'm picturing if she told me that she called to talk to her. I, or ask me if she should. I would like shake her. I would literally be like, babe, you cannot call there. You have messed up so bad. You don't deserve. Leave that her woman alone. You don't deserve her forgiveness. No. You've done nothing to. You've done nothing to like. Warrant the, forgiveness. Yeah. You have. You have not. Like, even if you said sorry, that would not be enough for me. No, bitch. You. you are the villain. You should not call there. Do not call there. Do like, like, it's just like, just leave her alone. Let her heal in peace. In two years from now, if you run into each other and you're both like grown and you've healed, then maybe have a conversation. This shit is fresh. There's no way I would have let my friend call. Never in a million fucking years. And I would literally be like, by the way, like the fact that you thought it was appropriate to call is really making me question the kind of person that you are. And like, I just don't know if I... <laughs> No, literally, it's like, would, you are a bad person. <laughs> literally. Um, we're not talking about TV world. We're talking about real life. If I knew her in if, real life, that's Yes, really, if I, I knew would, her, if I knew her, I'd be like, you are a fucking menace. I, yeah. 
Okay. So then the guard, we jump back to the gardener storyline and Charlotte goes up to him and starts flirting with him. And it's like, he seems like he's very used to being flirted with by the Yeah, he's sexy and a gardener. Like, he's just like, yeah, my family. Like, he's bored by the conversation. You can kind of tell that all he, he knows what she wants. So they kiss and the sister-in-law sees them. And she's just like, she doesn't even think twice. She's just like, ooh. Yeah. She just is like watching them and kind of enjoying it. Like, how she's a little voyeuristic, the sister-in-law. It's ki- Yeah, it's kind of funny. Yeah, it is. And she's is she drinking too at this point? Yeah, or, or is she smoking or drinking? She has something. One of the two. Hand. Yeah. Um, and then we jump back to Samantha. Oh, I hate this. Can you imagine having sex with someone who has your exact same name? Not just your first name, but your first and last name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would. I probably would. If they were my type. Man, no, it's just too weird. Your exact same <laughs> name? What are the odds? There is another Trevor Rager. I'm sure there is, but... There's only one other. Really? Yeah, I looked it up. He lives in Brooklyn, as far as I know. What's he like? He looks like me, but a little uh, chubbier. Really? Yeah, he's like some white bearded dude. Wow. I know, it's crazy. Because I tried to get the email, like, my name is an email, and I couldn't because this bitch had it because he's, like, 10 years older than me. Let me look myself up. Nope, none of these people really look like me. Wow. There's a lot of blondes. I don't think of blonde as a Victoria style. I think I'm also just so, I, I associate it with you. I appreciate that. I don't even come up very early in the images, but that's probably because I don't use my first and last name on like anything really. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, I don't really either. I don't I'm not coming up in this search at all. I've made no doubt. Oh, I guess on there's the another Trevor Rager too. I'm kind but. of happy that they're that I'm not coming up in these Google image searches. Yeah, I'm not on any of this first page. I won. Wow. I'm pleased good by for this. Us. Yeah. We we did good. Okay. Yeah, but I especially couldn't imagine fucking someone with my exact name who was, like, in college. Yeah. And you're so young. She she did... This was karmic, what happened yes. to her. Yes. This is karmic, what happens to her. She fucked around and she found out. Yep. This whole sex scene is weird. Yeah. She really kept her heels on. <laughs> she loved... She does that a lot. I wonder why. Maybe it's a fetish. Maybe. But her the funniest part of this is at the end when she just goes, bye-bye. <laughs> He's like, I love you. And she's like, oh, honey, that wasn't love. That was sex. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, don't get it twisted. It's fine. But That was funny. All right. Then we jump back to Charlotte. And this is when the sister-in-law spills the tea. It's crazy. And she's like, I had a great day. I was hanging out in the garden. And then I saw the gardener and Charlotte kiss. And and- no one thinks twice. Charlotte was literally gagged. And then the mom is like, Charlotte, you're a McDougal now. It's so wild. <laughs> like, what? This is the kind of shit that happens in rich families. No, they just like don't even care. They're like, yeah, of course you cheat. Yeah, they're like, of course you cheat. And of course it's with the gardener. Who else would it be with? Not our neighbor who's equally no. as rich and equally like famous and could probably. It's like, like you cheat with someone with less power than you. Right. Duh. 
Anywho. It's so kooky. But I do kind of like that, like, their reaction is so not what you expect. And it's not what Charlotte expected either. She was mortified, but then she was, like, even more shocked that she had no reason to be mortified. Yeah, it's they just don't care. Even Trey is like... I think for a second he's like, wow... But then I think he realizes, like, yeah, I guess that makes sense, actually. It's so we- It's so alarming how much he doesn't care. It's like ominous almost. Like when he's, he's like, playing the te- when he's playing tennis. He's playing tennis, and he's like, I mean, I guess I'm not fulfilling your needs, so I guess we can just have separate lives. It's like, it's weirdly progressive. Wait, let's get to that in a second. First, let's quickly yeah. talk about how funny it is, again, with Kim listening to the messages. He leaves her like 150 messages. So insane. Her facial expressions are perfect. It's my nightmare. I don't like it when people call a million times, but I have been that person before. And I just want to say that only happens when you're like... Desperate. Yeah. Or like, <laughs> wait, let me clarify something. Also... That only happened to me because I was, like, really heartbroken. And I think this guy is happening to him because he's so young that he's, like, conflating sex with love. Yeah, which is, like, everyone has that face. Yeah. But I feel really bad for him. I do feel bad for him. But it's also kind of just, like, it's a necessary lesson to learn. Samantha's so annoying for having had sex with him. Yeah, I hate it. I actually hate that she does it. It's, like, one of the worst things she does, I think. I agree. It's just weird. It's just weird and unnecessary. Yeah. I don't think she should have done that. And I think Carrie should... Carrie was never going to stop her. But when Carrie found out about... Again, let's pretend we're friends with this person in real life. If she told me she was considering having sex with a kid in college when she's, like, literally known to be, like, 45. She's, like, considerably older than all of them. I mean, Carrie even says that, like, she goes to say that we they could be... She could be old enough to be there... Mother yeah, and then Samantha's Samantha like, don't even off. say it. Yeah. She's like, some of those guys were cute. It's so silly. It's just yeah. like, I would not it's be in support bad. of this. Me either. Um, and then Miranda's out to dinner. Miranda's being insecure. It's like, girl, if it's this so guy annoying. wanted any, if he wanted any of these other basic chicks, he would dump you like a sack of potatoes. Exactly. Especially when, you see, when you're with someone you. that he's, hot. It's like, he, obviously he's with you for a reason. He's leaning forward on the table to, like, be closer to he's you. He's playing with his wine glass. Like, bitch, he's he flirting. He wants you so bad. Yeah, like, six martinis was crazy. When I heard her say that, I literally was like, six? Yeah, that's ridiculous. Listen, people, for those of you who've obviously heard of and, ha- and maybe, like, seen other people drink martinis but haven't had one yourself, I dare you the next time you go out to just try it. It's I want good. you to try. I want y'all to try one martini and just... It's pure alcohol. There's no mixers. I love a gin martini. I think these were vodka. No, they were. She says double vodka. Double vodka. That means there's tw- it's tw- it's not a normal one. It's literally no, twice bitch. the amount. She gets double vodka Six? martinis. So that's 12. That's like doing 12 shots of vodka with all of Bitch, that's also it. an expensive ass date. She's nuts. She's fucking crazy for that. She's fucked up, but... She's, they, well, Carrie says she woke up the next morning with the worst hangover of her, her life, and I, I truly believe it. I after believe four, it. After four martinis, I literally was blackout drunk. She literally... When she says, I'm no Mina Suvari, but I'm great in bed. <laughs> oh, my God. Do we think that's actually true? Do you think Miranda's great in bed? Yeah, I think from when we see her fucking Steve. I believe it. 
Your favorite relationship on the show is Miranda and Steve. I literally, I think it's great. I love them together. But I think they have hot sex. I don't know if it's the Miranda of it all or the Steve of it all, but something about them just does not. Like, I think they're a cute couple, but like physically, I, I just doesn't. No, I'm not. The thing is, is, I'm not attracted to Miranda. I think Steve is hot, but I just think they have, I think their chemistry bubbles over. Interesting. I think they have such a good kind of rapport and like. I don't because I'm so focused on how shitty Miranda treats Steve for most of it that I, I just don't find their sex to be like yeah. believable because it's like she kind of hates him sometimes. And it's yeah, like, but some guys love that shit. That you... uh, well, I guess it's hate sex. We talked about Steve hate sex is also very insecure. Yeah, they're one in the same, honestly. Like they're very they're they're insecure for wildly different reasons, but like at the end of the day, they both have like issues. We Which should is... talk about Miranda. Uh, we should talk about Miranda and Steve's relationship in a future episode. Yeah, like, I would a little love bit that. more in depth. I would be really interested in that. I think it's such a. I think it's probably the most interesting relationship in the show, and I think that carries over into the movies and the the reboot. Yeah, I think it it. They it's run... compelling for sure. It does yeah, keep me interested. Because it's like, it's so. Because Big and Carrie are volatile. Like, they're not good for each other in a way that's unhealthy. They hurt each other. Steve and Miranda genuinely are like. They may be incompatible, but they I don't see them being malicious to each other. I think they have real love, but they hurt each other on accident. Where, like, Big and Carrie are spiteful to each other a lot of the time. And then, like, Charlotte's relationships are all boring to me, and Samantha's are boring to me. I agree. I think the most interesting relationship Samantha has is with uh, Maria, is it? Mm Mm-hmm. And even then, it's like... It could be better. I have that episode. We're going to talk about that. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about that episode. Me too. Because I actually think that the relationship between them could have been a lot better. Samantha, the fact that Samantha's open-minded to it. Wait, wait, wait. We can't talk about that right now. No, no, no. We'll get that. Eventually, we'll get there. Yeah. Um, Okay, so quickly, there's a Charlotte and Trey scene where Trey is like super sweaty and they talk about... Kyle McLaughlin is very handsome. He looks handsome here. She even says, like, Carrie even says, like, Charlotte was looking at her perfect husband on his perfect tennis court and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, he does look perfect here. His yeah. abs are glistening. He's wearing, like, the He's very sexy. Hit the floppy hair. He's, yeah, he's, he's, a, like, he's uh, so of a time and of a yeah. type. Yeah. He just can't get hard. And, like, he says to her this comment that I think you said was progressive. He goes... I can't bear the idea of having separate lives. Or no, he says, I guess we'll just have to have separate lives because I can't, like, what is he trying to say? He's like... I think it's kind of a thing where he's like, I'd rather us live together and have a happy marriage and have our, like, a dalliance. Right. He's like, we're going to have separate lives because I can't fulfill you. Yeah. He's like, like, I can't fulfill your needs, but I love you and I want you to get what you need. Which I think in like a modern context would be very progressive. Where it's like, we love each other. We want to be in a relationship with each other. There are certain things that I can't offer you. 
So I, I have agree. no... If, like, if they yeah. were, like, an, in an open relationship and Charlotte, like... Obviously, Charlotte's not the type to do that. We see that. But, like, I think... The idea that he proposes is very modern and... and yes. Like, and so that, unexpected. Yeah. There's in a very old school way still. Yeah. And I think what he's trying to say is, like, he loves her so much, but he knows he's never going to be able to change. But he wants... Yeah. To, so he lo- is in love with her. And he that 100%. hasn't gone away. For Charlotte, it's like she wants the complete thing. Yeah, she, she doesn't, doesn't want, want half with him and half with somebody yes. else. So, which is under again understandable. It's understandable Obviously, yeah. these types of relationships don't work for everybody. But I, every relationship I, is different. I am surprised by him being like okay with that, especially like men who come from money and have this. He's kind insecure of, about it though. That's why he's playing tennis. That's why he's so like resigned. Well, yes, he's resigned. At That's the end the of the day, he's not 100% okay with it because, like... You can tell it hurts him to talk about it. He's yeah. Pained. He's pained over it. He knows and like, it I can't being, believe it, but... It's not completely his own... Like, of his own volition. It's because of, like, an anatomical thing. Yeah. It's like, if he just, like, didn't want to have sex with her and he was like, go do your thing, I think it'd be different. But he, like, can't. So I think that's where the insecurity comes from of him not feeling, like... Like, it's kind of like he's getting cucked. Yeah. Gosh. But I don't know. I think I I think it's weirdly progressive in an accidental way. <laughs> I feel like... How do I say this? I think that he isn't happy to say that. No, but he's, he's accepting of it. He's accepting of it. And I also think he's... At first, surprised to hear that Charlotte was the type to cheat because... She's just not that girl. Can you believe she cheated after everything she said to Carrie? Wait, I just realized she cheated. Yeah. I just realized that Charlotte cheated and the implications of that based on what we just saw in the most recent episode we talked about. She literally gave Carrie the hardest time in the world. Yes. And she's like about to become... No, 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 no. Yes, waspy women are like this. They're two-faced. That's fucked up. Charlotte, that is very fucked up, girl. She's fucked up. Whoa, I never put two and two together yeah, until bitch. we just started talking about it. She literally cheated on her fiancé after giving Carrie the hardest time she in the world. She cheated on her husband. Wait, they're, they're married, married this at one? this point. Yes. <gasps> oh, we skipped over the marriage episode. Yeah, because the episode after... Because she tells Aiden she about the affair in the episode of the wedding, which is like the one after the last one we talked about. Okay. So they got married. And six episodes later, she's cheating on him with a gardener. This is fucked up. They're fucked Charlotte, up. All these on. women make bad decisions. Wow. But th- it is what it is. Okay. We love them either way. We love them either way. All right, so moving on. Um, Miranda's a drunk. Miranda's a drunk. And she and looks kind of hot here. Like a goblin, but hot. No way. She does not look hot here. I kind of like it. No, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but you are. That's fine. I can accept that. The AA chapter is insane. That Wait, is insane. We skipped over something. What did we skip over? Carrie says that she had seven unreturned phone calls. That she Jesus. called her. She called Natasha seven times. That's ridiculous. Just accept that someone hates you. It's Stop not it. that serious. 
Like, it really isn't. She's going to hate you forever. No matter, even if you say sorry, you ruined her life. And yeah, you embarrassed her. God. Okay. Carrie looks fucking perfect in this it's dress, It's so... It's like it's painted onto her. When she sits down at the table... <laughs> Natasha looks chic, too. They're both wearing open back dresses. Um, Natasha's open back in the back, which is like, ooh, mm, sultry, but kind of closed and prim and proper in the front, and she's wearing a pearl necklace. That's symbolic. She's perfect in the front. And like really put together, but her she's vulnerable in the back. She got stabbed in the back. Carrie is just like Carrie just looks perfect. The like, gall this woman has. When she sits down and literally says, Can I have a sip of this water? That she's literally wait sitting at the table of the like What is wrong with her? She has Who no boundaries. Her? No, she has no boundaries and she's at incredibly all. self-centered. Like you don't sit down to apologize to someone and then drink the water of the person that they're me- waiting for. They're not expecting to see you at all. It reminds me of... And um, this this insane non-apology. Yeah. She's so evil for this. She's so evil for this. Like, She goes, you, I had to come here because I had to say sorry. And it's like, no, you didn't go there because you had to say sorry. You went there because you couldn't bear the idea of someone being mad at you. You called her seven times because you couldn't believe that she was ignoring your call and didn't want to forgive you. You're Take so the fucking with- hint. She's obsessed with getting forgiveness. She's not obsessed with making amends for the ways in which she hurt this person. Yes. I truly believe that. I that is 100% what it is. I don't it's think so she's infuriating. sorry This type of person is so infuriating. Yeah. Just accept that you did wrong. Yep. But and don't say sorry. Your biggest apology can be not reaching out. Leaving yes. the person the fuck alone. That's all she wants is for you to leave her alone. And then, I mean, Natasha tricks her. Through the fucking mud. And we get one of the most iconic lines in the whole show. Not only have you ruined my marriage, you've, you've ruined, ruined my, my lunch. lunch. That was the perfect last word. It's, it's the never going to get better than that. End. It's the perfect ending of the conversation. She she won that. She won. She that. won. She won that. Uh, there's and Carrie knows that she won. Yeah, Carrie's like, okay, I have to accept that I did. I do not get forgiveness, and I lost that argument. But she walks out. And she's the hottest woman in the world. So she's uh, like, she might have won that argument. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I am hotter than she yeah. will ever be. It's such a, it's, I just love that scene so much. Because it's so nice to see your main character, your protagonist, get humbled. Yeah, she got humbled, but then she literally walks out and is not humble at all. Like, no. She, she's the moment. Because at the end of the day, only. she is our fucking girl. Like, she's the most No matter her wrongdoing, she is the diva. (laughs) It's like, I hate her. I just love her. I hate her, and two seconds later, I love her again. I can't. Her boobs? Are boobalicious in that dress. Bouncing. This is like the best she's ever looked. Her hair waving in the wind. It's perfect. This is quintessential Carrie. Her eyes smoldering. Oh, my God. This is the definition of fashion stole my smile. And the end, her last, her voiceover at the end when she's talking about, like. I wasn't even listening to her. I was just like, God, she looks Well, she literally says, she's like, and Big is out there alone. Right. She's like, okay, maybe he's, maybe she's right. Maybe I don't deserve an apology. And maybe she won that argument, but I'm single and Big's single. So who won? Eat shit, Natasha, I guess. Like, oh my God. It's so good. It's very good. 
I love this fucking episode. I love it too. This is a great one. You chose a great one. Thank you. I think this is genuinely one of the most iconic episodes in the whole show. I think it is too, just purely, even if it's not for the storylines, for the fashion. Yes. Oh my God. Like people think, when people think Carrie Bradshaw, they think the newspaper dress. Yep. They think the fucking Christian Dior newspaper dress. 100%. And the nameplate fucking necklace. Necklace. Oh my God. Front and center. She's very iconic. She is. I just love her. Even like after dragging her for a fucking, what is it? An hour and a half. I love her. I love her very much. And that's it. Season three, episode 17. Very good one. Can't wait to keep going. We have some really awesome episodes coming up. Yes. I'm so excited. Me too. Do you know which one we're going to be doing next week? Uh, <laughs> wait, let me pull it up. Oh, I looked it up. This episode rips. Oh, really? Yeah. Wait. Let's see. Oh my God. I love this episode. Love okay. this episode. We are talking about the episode where they all go to the Yankees game together and Carrie decides to ask out the new player. On the, the new team. Yankee. Yep. That it episode very episode. close to my heart. I love this episode. I love that up. All right. Well, love thank y'all. you for listening. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye, y'all. Oh, my God. He's online. Can he see me? What the hell is she talking about? Who's this? Can I speak to Angelina, please? No, she died.